Welcome to the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. Now, this podcast is brought to you by Sovereign Grace Churches Australia. We're a highly relational denomination with a passion to see planters trained, pastors cared for, and enduring churches built across all Australia. Our hope for this podcast is to help cultivate church leadership, which is fueled and formed by the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And you are here with Dave and myself, Riley Spring, mm. and we are in season two. Who would have thought we would have made it through season one? We were skeptical yes. of how many episodes we would get through. We, yes. But we're here, season two. You're looking older. A lot older. It's You've been really aged. Yeah, we've matured into the podcast. We've matured. <laughs> it's been we've grown into it. Now, are you still shouting into the mic? Because, I am. Sh- because listeners have been, you know, writing in my, and their masses. We, you know, both both parents. Um, no, my wife. My wife too much yeah, your auntie. Apparently, you've been yelling. I'll try not to yell, but I get excited. Okay. Um, and I use hand gestures, but there's no, there's no. Fortunately, I'm the only one that gets to see those <laughs> those beautiful things, those flappages. Uh, okay. Well, season one, we looked at uh, what it means to be a gospel-centered leader, and we looked at seven character traits of a gospel-centered leader. And we believe that leadership in the church um, flows out of knowing the gospel and and living and breathing the gospel, and that produces a type of person. Uh, the first thing we need to think about Christian leadership is not, you know, great speaking skills or visionary leadership, but who you are. Uh, and Dave, we, we spoke about um, humility, godliness, generosity, encouragement, uh, serving, um, being in fellowship with other people and not running on your own. Mm. And, and I hope that those those uh, traits of leadership really blessed you and helped you and caused some food for thought. Um, if you do have any questions or you want to follow up any of those things, feel free to contact us. Go to SovereignGrace.com. But this season, what we wanted to do for season two, we wanted to talk about what it looks like, not just to be a gospel-centered person or a gospel-centered leader, but to lead or to be a part of a gospel centered church and so we're going to be walking through various different things about what we've learned in sovereign grace um, how we've tried to plant churches here in australia uh, and and walking through what that looks like and fleshing it out over a number of weeks uh, this season we're going to be bringing in some guests and we're going to have oh, some some team members from here we're going mm. to try if we can and pull in um, some of the big dogs uh, from the u.s who oh, can help on. us um, and uh, share. i don't know whether we should call them dogs that, that might not translate to them. No, okay, so well, I won't put that in the email. No, just don't. No, 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 no. Good no guys. Dog, no dog mention. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that that's where we're going uh, for this season. And we hope it will bless you. We hope it will help you. Um, we'll help you to give you clarity on what we're meant to be doing. Uh, and so, you know, to begin things, uh, we're going to give an overview of kind of why we do things the way that we do them and, and how we want to see churches planted here in Australia at Sovereign Grace. Uh, and when you look at planting a church and, you know, we've both planted churches, we've both sat down with a blank piece of paper and there's so many things you could be doing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, things that come to mind is you want great preaching, you want great small groups, outreach and mission, you want to care for people, you want the music to be fantastic, welcoming to work well. In Australia, you got to have awesome coffee, um, mm. you need a great website, you need to connect with people, you need to meet. And there's all these things you could think about doing and, and programs and activities and quality and excellence and, and, and clarity. Um but for you, Dave, when you sat down with a blank piece of paper mm. or when, and when you sit down with church leaders across the world and yeah. talk about starting new churches, 
what is, you know, for you, what's come to be the number one thing that you're hoping to see? Yeah, Riley, I think we've been well taught in Sovereign Grace over many years through our founder, CJ Mahaney. Um, he spoke a message, I mean, literally like a hundred years ago now, <laughs> called The Main Thing. Mm. And his whole point was keeping the main thing the main thing. You know, one of the things I've really appreciated about Sovereign Grace through CJ's founding leadership is we were gospel-centered before it was cool to be gospel-centered. Right, yes. It was just such an important value. And so throughout my entire ministry, I have been taught from God's Word and helped through good teaching to see that the gospel is everything. Mm. So when I sat down to work out what type of church we want to be um, here at Sovereign Grace Church, Sydney, I'd already been a pastor for 10 years in the UK as well and taught well in that environment because um, of the first three years I was an intern in that environment. And it was just, uh, I came passionate about one thing. I wanted just to build together a community of believers who are passionate about knowing, applying, and proclaiming the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. And I actually wrote that vision statement in the UK before I even arrived, that that's who we're going to be. That's what we're going to be known for. That's what we're going to be about. And the reason for that primarily is because I think that's what the Bible's all about. Okay, well, slow down. Say say this mission statement again, how yep. you first formulated it, and then yep. we'll go to why you think the gospel should be the, the thing that holds the whole church together yeah. and to build the whole church around that, a mission statement around that, which yep. the mission statement, I've actually stolen it, adopted it for our yeah. church, and because uh, I love it. I, I think it's so helpful. So say it again. Yeah. Well, look, mission statements can be inevitably broad, but they can have a clarifying force that yes. I think helps to summarize well what is a church about in a statement so our mission at sovereign grace church is to build a community of believers who are passionate about knowing applying and proclaiming mm. the glorious gospel of jesus christ and so recognizing that the gospel is at the center of everything that the gospel is the main thing we wanted to ensure that if you cut sovereign grace church down through the middle you will see the gospel wherever the you are yep Amen. You're in kids, you're in counseling. Whatever the ministry. Okay, the Gospels are the center. Why yeah. that then? Yeah. Why well, then? I think the, the, the primary reason, um, both in, in cause and effect, is because I believe the Gospel really clearly is at the center of the entire Bible. Mm. In every page, either whispers or plasters the name mm. of Jesus. And so right from the start, you know, if you're in the book of Genesis, Genesis 3.15, a savior, a serpent crusher is promised. And God pronounces over the serpent that, that the one's going to come and he will crush your head and you will bruise his heel. Mm. And so right the way through the Old Testament, then the hunt is on for this serpent crusher. Who's he going to be? And you see hundreds of shadows and types and prophecies about who this serpent crusher is going to be, where he's going to be born, what he's going to do, what he's going to be like. We then get to the New Testament and in John chapter 1, that John the Baptist is the last of the Old Testament prophets, actually points at Jesus and says, Behold the Lamb of God, mm. the one who comes to take away the sin of the world. It is one of the most ecstatic moments in all of history. We know who the serpent crusher is, and there he is. The Gospels point right at Jesus, and the book of Acts then tells us how this unstoppable gospel goes forward. And then in the letters, we discover time and time again, the letters are seriously passionate about the gospel. I mean, if you take the Apostle Paul, just his example, you know, to the Corinthian church, he says, I delivered to you as of first importance 
that Christ died for our sins. And then he tells them, I resolve to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. Yeah. I mean, what a massive statement. He's not saying, okay, guys, there's a hundred things I've got to teach you. He's saying, I resolve to know nothing among you except Christ and him crucified. The main thing is the bell that I'm yeah. going to ring all the time. And the Ephesian church, likewise, he plants that church, spends three years there preaching to them, leaves them, writes to them. Half of the letter to Ephesians is about the gospel. Yeah. One, two, and three. If you read... The, the letters of Paul from 1 Thessalonians to 2, Th 2 Timothy, what you do discover is that without doubt, Paul is seriously passionate about the gospel. And then, of course, you get to the book of Revelation that talks about the coming back of the Lamb of God, the, the marriage supper of the Lamb. The whole of the Bible is gospel-centered. Yeah. And so if we're going to faithfully teach it and embody it and proclaim it, we want to be gospel-centered yeah. as well. And we're lining up with... You know, the great thing that God has done in the world is save his people yes. through the death of his son. You know, it, the gospel could be summarized like Paul says, you know, that Christ has come according to the scriptures. He's lived. Uh, he's died in our place for our sins. According to the scriptures, he uh, was buried. He rose again um, to give us new life and Amen. the hope of eternal life. Uh, and the uh, last part of the gospel is he's, he's coming back. Um, so yes. this is the announcement that rung out you know, from Calvary and has rung out in every church and every part of the world ever since that Christ lived, Christ died, Christ rose, Christ is coming back. And you know, for us, we want that message, Amen. that news um, to not just be news, but to be the good news that it is. And we want a church that's not just gospel centered. We teach the gospel. Um, but in the mission statement, we say we want to see churches passionate about yes. the glorious gospel. And it's not just the gospel. Yes. We say the glorious gospel because we, we want to just people, we want what people taste and feel when they come to our churches is that this isn't just what we believe, which it certainly is. This isn't just doctrine, but this is our whole life. This yes. is our hope. This Amen. is what thrills our soul. This is our joy. This is what we cannot wait. So we're in pastoral counseling and we're, we're listening, we're hearing, but we're waiting. When do I get? to bring the good news of the gospel to the person. In the in the preaching, we're explaining tests, but we're going, oh, I want to tell them the gospel again. That That's the kind of vibe. So, absolutely. Okay. Oh, Riley, absolutely. Yeah. If, if our lives have been so radically affected by the gospel, mm. how can we ever move on from the gospel? Yeah. And why would we ever want to move on from the gospel? The Bible doesn't move on from the gospel. Yeah. It just helps us understand it more and more and apply it to our lives. We want to do the same. Yes, and very much so. Like it's, it, it doesn't ever move on from it. And the gospel is not just what saves us. It's what forms yeah. us and fuels us and equips us. Um, yeah. And so that leads us sort of into, yeah. let's just unpack some of the dynamics or the, the bigger parts of the mission statement. So yeah. again, um, a church or a community of believers passionate about knowing, applying, proclaiming the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. So let's talk about that first one. What does it mean to be a church passionate about knowing the gospel? What what does that look like for you guys? And, and I'll chime in for what it looks like for me at times. Yeah, as well. totally. Well, look, I think you can I think you can know the gospel, or you can know the gospel. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think lots of people would know the gospel as in yeah yeah Christ died for my sins, and be relatively unaffected mm. by the realities of what they just said, when in reality the gospel is. Is everything when the gospel is known in our hearts and our minds 
it changes lives. Mm. You see that all the way through the New Testament. You see it with the disciples, with Paul, with the early Christians, where the gospel is faithfully preached and known and loved. It changes people's lives because when it when it's preached and it's known and understood, um, it has a, an incredibly renewing effect on our minds. For example, I think the gospel guards us. It guards us from legalism, for example. Uh, yes. um, that tendency to base our relationship with God on our own performance before God. I know that's something I did for, for a lot of my Christian life. Mm. Um, C.J. Mahaney talks about it as the plate spinner in his Living the Cross-Centered Life book. And that was me. I was spinning plates, all these things that I was doing in my life, thinking maybe I was impressing God in some way. (laughs) When in reality, I'm just a legalist. I'm behaving as if the cross wasn't enough. It's the cross plus my Bible reading, plus my prayer that that impresses me. And it's such a, it's just for me and for our churches, it's just such a default attitude of the heart oh brother yes we all seek to i think it's as sinclair ferguson tells us smuggle works into an yeah. act of grace we we are smugglers um whereas when you're preaching the gospel and you remind the gospel you realize no this is objective fact this is completely outside of me this is what christ has done not what i'm doing and it's all by faith um so i think when we when we know the gospel it guards us from legalism it guards us from subjectivism that tendency to base our view of God on our ever-changing feelings and emotions. Right. Um, and likewise, it, it, got, it protects us from condemnation. So being more focused on our sin than we are on God's grace and then as a result walking around condemned and overwhelmed. So we're saying, I love the gospel. But it's as if we've got 100 pounds of baggage with us all the time rather than, I love the gospel. Yeah, he I'm has free. forgiven me. Yeah. This is unbelievable. Mm. So knowing the gospel, it guards us for those, for those things. It also um, motivates us to live for the Lord. Yeah. You know, it, here in Sydney, I love Sydney. It's my home city. I think it's beautiful. Um, there are a lot of distractions yes. in this city. And we're constantly fighting that, I think, as leaders. And probably constantly fighting that in our own hearts as well. The, uh, the pressures and realities of living um, in Sydney. Whereas the gospel, when we're reminded, my life was bought with a price. Yes. This is not my home. Heaven is my home. I'm, I'm a sojourner and an alien here. You start to feel motivated to, oh, I want to live for that day. I want to live for Jesus and not get preoccupied and with this day. The gospel does that. When I hear the gospel, it reminds me, yes, my life Let's go again. has been bought yeah. with a price. Mm. And yet every week I forget that, you know, that heaven is my home, not this. That that informs me when yet again I discover I still cannot even remotely afford a house. <laughs> it, it motivates me to realize, but even if I never can in this life, heaven is my house. Mm. Heaven is my home. And that will be the place that I ultimately lay my head. Uh, so I think the gospel, it guards us, it motivates us. It, it also unites us. Yes. There are a thousand and one things churches can fall out over, from styles of music to schooling styles to should we vaccinate or not? Yes. Should we eat healthily or not? There is a whole, the list is as long as my arm. You know, I once got asked, even in our church, do we have a vaccination policy for children on whether they can go in kids' work or not? And you're like, well, if you can find one in the Bible, I will stand on it. But prior to that, no, we don't. And this was before uh, COVID. This oh, was just way general. Before COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is just general normal life. Um, yeah. People, we divide over so many things mm. if we're not careful. But when you remind people that what binds us together is the blood of Jesus, that in Jesus we are brothers and sisters in Christ, 
And so it isn't whether we vaccinate or not, whether we homeschool or not, what type of music we listen to or not. They are not the things that unite yeah. us. We walk together as brothers and sisters. It affects everything and changes everything. But where the gospel is devoid and starts to be not mm. preached, these secondary things become issues. Yeah. Um, and people divide over them. So knowing the gospel, it, it radically affects people's lives. I've seen for the last 20 years of ministry, the gospel will hugely affect people's lives. And the gospel completely changed my life. Hmm. You know, it is when I think about being guarded by the gospel in particular, you know, I, I have definitely struggled at different points with legalism and subjectivism and condemnation. The gospel has a wonderful freedom driven effect on your life. And I think we constantly drift away from the gospel. So we constantly need to be reminded of the yes. gospel. Come back to the foot of the cross, as John Stott says, and let the sparks of the cross Amen. reignite. And Amen. I need it, brother. And I think the reality is the people we lead need it as well. And so we want to be a church, and I want to have a church that doesn't assume the gospel, mm-hmm. but knows it and increasingly knows it. And so when we're planning songs, we're, we're trying to arc the gospel in our songs. We're singing the gospel. When we're yeah. pr- doing pastoral prayer we're praying through the reality of the gospel when we're preaching the the dynamic effect of the gospel is working out in both the content and the application and the hope and the whole service is is gospel centered our groups are gospel centered that's that's what we're trying to do in knowing the gospel Um, and so that involves knowing the whole bible studying the whole bible because every part of the bible is about the gospel so it's we're not just picking and choosing our texts and just new testament it's the whole thing leads us back to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. You've been listening to part one of season two of the Grace and the Adventure of Leadership podcast. In this episode, we went a bit long, so we thought we'd cut it in half and we'll deliver it in two parts. Keep listening in a couple of weeks and you'll hear part number two. See you next time. Mm-hmm.